Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me, ringing in the new year, is Therapy Jeff. Hi, Therapy Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you? How's your new year going so far? Oh, uh, to be perfectly honest, it did not get off to a good start. Mm. No, it was... It, I had big goals and big expectations. I made sure I went home early on New Year's Eve because I really, really wanted to ski the next day. And then I slept in and not just like a little slept in. I slept in like till 10 o'clock and, and Eli tried to wake me up and I, I like shushed him and was like, get away, let me sleep and had no idea what I was missing. I was like too involved in whatever dream I was having. And so I, 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 I didn't do the very thing that I set out to do. And then I got really down on myself. Like, man, this is how you're going to start the year. Like mm. you should have set an alarm. I, I was thinking, I'm so excited. I'm going to wake up. No problem. Sure. And so I didn't set an alarm. I have I have regrets, Jeff. I have regrets. Uh, when are you supposed to like hit the slopes? What's a good time to get there? Well, we should be out of the house by 7 a.m. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah. And usually I am. Usually it's like Christmas morning. I'm so excited. But huh. I don't know. Maybe I had to sleep or or something or... Yeah, I guess your body... I don't know what was in that last glass of champagne I had <laughs> towards Seriously. midnight. But yeah, your girl <sighs> did not wake up and... That's so yeah, so I I'm, I want some this weekend. I'm gonna have like a do over, and I'm trying to not have the attitude of uh, uh, one action is an indicator for how mm. the rest of the year is gonna be because that's yeah. ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous and also hard not to do sometimes, especially when you like set an intention uh, at the beginning of the year and then it doesn't yeah. pan out. We, we, there's a lot of skiing that happens over here in Portland, Oregon. A lot of people go to Mount Hood, but there is like barely any snow on the mountain at all. Is I've that seen, a thing? I've seen these pictures. Yes. Yeah. Do you have snow over we there? We do. We have you snow. Do. We're at much higher elevation and we've been yeah, lucky sure, enough right. to have some. They've opened up a lot of the mountain, you know, mm. and, and yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're going to enjoy it while we can because it feels like every year Mother Nature is making their less and less and less. And, you know, yeah. and it's like it's it's the thing that is really my ultimate self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, I get outside. I, I push myself. I, like, conquer fears. I move my body and, and I'm physical and, you know, I'm, I'm in nature. All the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And... I just, you know, want as many opportunities to do it as I can, even if it is crappy conditions. So <laughs> I understand all those people in Mount Hood who are out there braving the terrible conditions and scraping up the bottom of their skis just to get a few turns in. Yeah, it's so sad. And I, I, I will go skiing every now and then. Uh, yeah, it's actual. It's an actual thing I'll do, but I only go in like perfect conditions. Ah, uh, yes. It's, like it's not going to be something that's going to be difficult for me to do or like, you know, just like really like hard conditions to get through. Like it has to be uh, like all new snow, um, but like not so fluffy that you can't get down it and sunny yeah. skies, but not so warm that it's melting the snow while I'm going right. down. Perfect conditions. Yeah, ideal. just very perfect conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I hope that you get those perfect conditions next time you go. 
Thank you. How was your New Year's? Did you do anything special? Um, no, New Year's Eve, I like, I tuned in and watched, um, what's his name? Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper, um, have too many drinks and have very weird banter and awkward television. Uh, and I don't know why, but that shit is like captivating for me for some reason. Hey, that's, they, reality television Uh is, is good at what it does. It is like a (laughs) slow motion train wreck. And and so exciting and also terrifying to watch. Exciting, terrifying, and insanely boring at the same time. Yeah, it's like, but then you I can't look away, life? right? Yeah. We're like watching two people just, you know, They're hanging totally out, winging it. Yeah, totally winging it. I mean, hey, that's exactly what we do on here, right? Yeah, I know. Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, so, did you have so any that. New Year's resolutions or anything like that? Are you I one for that? I don't I don't do that, but I do like my own version of that, I guess, is uh I like so, you know, there's there's Christmas and then there's my birthday, which is on December twenty seventh, and then there's my and then there's New Year's. So there's like a lot of like oh, milestones happening yes. in that week. And so I sort of like think back to my year and sort of like stake, take stock of like what were the good things, what were the not so good things. Is there anything that I'd want to change? Uh, and then I kind of have like a general feeling of how I want 2024 to go. But for some reason, I've like never created any sort of like resolutions. Um, what about you? Yeah. I'm not one for resolutions either because I feel like it's almost like a – look at how my goal of just getting out skiing went and you know, I just want to like <laughs> give up. But I do like having a theme of the air and this year's theme for me – and it feels almost like a rising tide floats all ships when you uh, uh, you know have a, a theme that you could put a little more intention into and I chose uh, stretching. So oh. – Yes, I I, I, and I think that, you know, there are kind of different meanings for that and and also, you know, really just trying to reconnect with my body. I have a surgery coming up at the end of this month and Mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of thing makes me think about changes my body is going through and how I want to like reconnect to it and, and I don't know, increase that mind body connection through keeping my yeah it healthy and i think stretching is like a very uh low bar goal you know it's Mm -hmm. real easy to just add 10 minutes of stretching a day i've got one of those little neck things that you lay on and i just do that (laughs) for 10 minutes and success that's funny. I mean, I the, the first thing I thought about was like actually stretching your body, but there's also like stretching yourself out of your comfort zone yes. or stretching yourself emotionally, mentally. Yes. Um, there's the – I'm still like going to Orange Theory to do my fitness almost every day. And at the end of fitness, they always have like, all right, last five minutes, we're going to do stretching. And I never stretch. I always walk out. And I'm just like, stretching is for babies. Stretching, I've got places to go, people to see. And aren't I just like stretching the whole fucking time I'm working out anyways? Like I'm moving my body and pushing it. Uh, They are like convinced. They're trying to convince me to like stay and do stretches. But then like I go about my day and my body feels great. And I'm just like, yeah, this is, I don't need any stretches. So sometimes I feel like I'm just like a pre-stretched kind of guy, pre and post-stress. Uh, stretched, yeah. yeah. Um, it's an excuse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, I notice the more. I mean, I don't know what it is. Just 
I feel like I have to get it going in the morning. It's like a lawnmower that takes a few pulls mm. to, to get started. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keeping it. And, and it was when I tried to do things that I used to be able to do very easily and they came mm-hmm. with a little more difficulty or resistance that I was like, Oh, what, yeah. what, what, what? Ha- oh no, 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 no. We will not be. It isn't. If you don't use it, you lose it thing. So yeah. I am making sure to the, that the the change I experience is, is in, you know, you know keep my body healthy. Yeah, I support yeah. that. Okay, well, let's take a quick time out from our convo to talk about one of my favorite sponsors for the new year. It's Care Of. I love this for so many reasons. One, I like things simplified and put into something that I'm already doing. It's very hard to build habits. And so I like to add on to something I'm already doing. So Care Of has a collagen supplement. I'm already drinking coffee every morning. I already need to put creamer in it. This is giving me the collagen that's going to keep this skin looking like, you know, turning back the hands of time over here. And all I have to do is add it to my coffee in the morning. I love their little personalized quiz that you can take to find out what vitamins and supplements uh, could be good to like add into your routine. And they make it adorable and easy. And like, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. This is basically like the easiest health goal of 2024 that you can have. Um, You take the quiz. They understand what you should be using. They send it right to you. And like Sarah adds it to her coffee, I just add it to my smoothie. Uh, It is so easy. It's like the – it's the first step that you all should take. So for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code THISCHANGES50. Once again, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code THISCHANGES50. It's funny because – the, so the, today's topic is change and our podcast is called This Changes Everything. But I don't think that we've like had an oh episode God. specifically about You're change, so even though it's right. in the name of the podcast. Right. It's just been business as usual. That's why. And Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we've talked funny. about topics that maybe change our minds and things like that. But we haven't talked about change itself. And this seems like a very appropriate time because – And even like in line with stretching too, this podcast is going through some changes and stretching and growing in ways as well. Right. So let's talk about the changes for This Changes Everything. This Changes Everything is going to continue on with our smart and beautiful co-host, Sarah Rice. But I will be transitioning into a new podcast, a couple new podcasts. one of the podcasts is, is named after the book that I wrote and is coming out in July. It's called Big Dating Energy, and I'm very excited for that. That's going to launch sometime this month, so keep an oh, eye fine. out. Um, yeah, I'm just like the the book Big Dating Energy is about dating and relationships, and so I'm going to like lean very heavily into dating and relationships. Uh, and so that's what I the have podcast. so many exciting. Uh, uh, interviews with reality people who want to talk about the mental health experience on reality television Mm -hmm. and, you know, what's going on in the entertainment world with mental health. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to keep those things coming and yeah, bring you those exciting interviews. And then every now and then do a little crossover. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the crossovers. The there's and then there's another podcast that is unnamed. I have some ideas, but we haven't settled on one yet. 
And it's going to be sort of like a classic, like, call-in show where, like, uh, someone's going to call in and I'm going to, like, talk to them live about what their dating or relationship problem is. And then I'm going to give them advice. And then they're going to go away and do the advice and call back in, like, a week or two to tell me how wonderful the advice was that I gave I them. It. Yeah. So See, uh, it is Fraser Crane. I knew – I told you. <laughs> you are Dr. Fraser Crane for it's now. It's turning out the, to be that the, way. 2024. Yeah. I tried to like, you know, it's also kind of like hearkening back to, we've talked about it a little bit before, but like Loveline, remember the show Loveline? I sure do. And it had Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, but Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla are really sort of weird and problematic nowadays. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's funny. They were so cutting edge and progressive and like out there and moving things forward in a really interesting way. And now they're uh, kind of weird, sort of conservative, yeah, uh, problematic people. <laughs> so, well, I'd like yeah, to maybe a that... little more out of touch with the people who are calling in on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and things are hopefully. changing, man. Yeah, things are Times changing. Are changing. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about where TCE is going to go and doing these other podcasts that I'm going to do. And, yeah, I think that, like, everybody, all our listeners are going to get, like, even more content from us. And that's really exciting. Yeah, we need all the mental health support and, and you know, things we can get. And there are times where, yeah, I'm just, like, deep in, like, I want relationship material. And then there are times where I'm, like, I want to hear all about reality television mm-hmm. behind the scenes mental health issues. Yes. Oh, God. And there's it's sort of, like, never-ending. There's so many reality never shows ending. out there. There's just Never-ending. And I'm really hoping that some change comes with that. I keep seeing little sparks of it. But then when I follow up or I dig a little deeper or I talk to production, which I have done, mm-hmm. I'm very disappointed because it's a lot of um, promises and and selling one thing but not really following through mm-hmm. on the things that they are talking about. Why don't you think they follow through? Do they just have no incentive? There's no no incentive and there are there's no there are not really any repercussions for them, you know, when when somebody has a a mental for lack of a better word, a breakdown. I mean, and I'm I'm using that term right. like, you know. Yeah. Uh and you see that on television, they're like, oh, hell yeah, this is gold. This is, right, we right. love this. They have no uh, reason to hi- like hide that footage and protect the cast member who signed a contract that says mm-hmm. we can do everything from mm. put you th- through extreme mental health, mental, you know, situations to decapitation. And yes, that word really is on the contract. It's like, oh, really? Oh, what? yes. <laughs> oh, I could pull it out right now. That was one that always got me because it says the list of things that could go wrong. And it says d- dismemberment what? and decapitation is something that you sign like you're aware that this could happen. That I mean, bizarre. one guy on my season lost a spleen. Oh, whoa. Yeah, he was, in a, and he was in a challenge where he was jumping from this, like, bed to bed over water, like 30 feet over the oh. water, jumped, hit the edge of the Ugh. ledge, and ruptured his spleen in fucking mm-hmm. Uruguay. Ugh, that is scary. Yeah, so 
that leaves you with with a little bit of of a mm-hmm. you know lasting trauma i'd say <laughs> yeah, for sure. physically and mentally ways. yeah and, it's funny there is like i feel like as far as like reality shows go like i feel like Real World was like a real breakthrough reality show hit back in the 90s that also felt sort of like contained in MTV world. And then there was like this sort of like uh, a bunch of like uh, networks started their own reality shows and it was like, oh, this is going to be a phase. This is going to be a phase that we pass through. Maybe MTV will continue reality shows, but everything else will get like really tired of. And that never happened. And it's just yeah. like, boom. I think that the the timing of, you know, I, both my parents were in the film industry and they experienced mm-hmm. the writer's strike back in the, I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And that was when you saw a big boom oh, right. in reality television. And then we had that shift again, or similar things happen with the mm-hmm. writer's strike recently. And mm-hmm. it is a way for, and, and during the pandemic, there, there, it's it's very easy to create unscripted television mm-hmm. and there are so many people who are are wanting to or think that they want to be out mm-hmm. there and and in mm-hmm. the public eye and so much of our life is already out there in the public eye with what's on social media and things like that and people think oh well maybe if i can incentivize right. or if I, I could get paid from this yeah. you know but then aren't aware of what comes with that and the shit that they get away with like i'm a i'm a big survivor fan and i just watched the last season i'm not going to do any spoilers here Mm -hmm. but one of the ways that survivor is shifting is that like back in the day it was like they're barely giving you any food and now it's like they're giving you no food you get zero food right you have to like try to find a coconut or do fishing and if you can't do that you're starving and and they talk about it more on this season than any other season of like well you know i'm starving you know i haven't eaten anything so i'm acting fucking crazy like uh and it's just sort of like a given that you're going to you're going to like wither away and oh. so is your emotional resistance or resilience and it was a little difficult to watch this season of Survivor. Yeah. So I hope you can talk to somebody on that show. Absolutely. And, you know, the, it, it feels like that's the way that television shows are pushing for change in the wrong direction, thinking that that's going to mm. make for more exciting television. When I think amazing shows like The Great British Baking Show proves that you do not need to make things more dramatic or mm-hmm. uh, more cutthroat or put people through more trauma Mm-hmm. To make a good television. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, anyways. Uh, yes, we could we'll talk about reality TV for <laughs> days, but we will save <laughs> that for a future episode. Well, let's take a quick time out because I'm getting hungry and I want to talk about food. And my go-to solution for times like this, the beginning of the year is all for me all about getting my life in order and getting things like what I call cope ahead strategies, mm. things that you do to set yourself up for success. And Daily Harvest is there for me in so many ways. They cut all of like the prep time out of food, but still let you eat really healthy, uh, uh, really nutritious, like a wide range of fruits and vegetables. And it mm-hmm. it's like feeding me the things I need to keep going when I have very little time to do this. Yeah. And one of the things that I like most about Daily Harvest meals is that... Um, they're not very big, but they make me so full. 
Oh, that's like, a really good point. Yeah, yeah we had the pasta. True. Eli and I had the pasta the other night, and mm-hmm. he was like, "This is. Am I going to need more than this?" And we had it, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is delicious, and filling, yeah. and everything we needed." Exactly. Even the smoothies like keep me full all the way to lunch, which is like no other smoothies do that. I have no idea what like yeah. magic stuff. It's the good ingredients. In. I'm telling you, it matters what goes in it. Yeah. So we think that you should say yes to healthy habits without the hassle uh, with Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com slash TCE to get up to $65 off your first box plus free shipping for a limited time only. That is dailyharvest.com slash TCE for up to $65 off your first box plus free shipping. Dailyharvest.com slash TCE. So yeah, let's talk more about change. Let's talk about the different kinds of change that there are. You know, um, would you say you're somebody who is open to change or no. resistant? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I Yeah. I mean, and I think this has to do with my personality and astrological sign. Oh. Uh, so I'm a Capricorn and I'm also a uh, Taurus rising and Virgo moon, obviously. I'm sure you all could tell. And those are all three earth signs. Um, okay. And oftentimes you're changing from like your sun into your rising into your moon. And so I'm like changing from an earth sign to an earth sign to an earth sign, which is just like I want stability. I want consistency. I don't want change because I like my comfort and I want to feel grounded. Uh, so I resist change as much as I possibly can. And until I reach a point where I'm just like, I have to fucking change. Like there's no other choice I can make but to change. So I don't have a very healthy relationship with change. It's usually something that's like the pressure builds and builds and builds until I have to do it. And then I deal with it. What do you, what are some of the biggest change? Like when you think of change and, and think about change in your life, what are some of the things that stand out as moments of change for you? Or big changes that you had to go through. Yeah, one of the biggest changes I made was, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. And then when I was 24 years old, I made a big change and moved to Portland, Oregon. And that one came from like a, uh, I don't like living in Southern California. I can't quite put my finger on it. It has to do with family, friends, just the environment, growing up in Hollywood. Like I just, it's not vibing with me. Uh, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. Like, I can't imagine actually leaving my hometown. That sort of, like, didn't register. Like, how would I actually leave Santa Monica? Like, why? Like, do you just get into a car and go? Like, do I have to look for apartments in another city? How does one do that? I can only do that in Los Angeles. Um, And I just so badly did not want to be there. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it until I just sort of like bursted out of Los Angeles and was like, uh, Portland, I guess just fucking Portland. And I, and I landed in Portland or like, uh, especially in my twenties when I was in relationships, I was like, ah, this relationship doesn't feel good or it's not serving either of us or I'm kind of sad or it doesn't feel like a good fit. I wouldn't leave that relationship until I was just like, oh, I can't fucking take this anymore. Okay, so you know like the mean? discomfort of the situation has to be greater than the uh, maybe like anticipated discomfort of the change or of right. The- <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, which is, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of different now. I'm a little bit more like thoughtful and mindful of my feelings and what I want and where I am and the things that I want to change. But historically, um, 
it's been like a very like abrupt change. And then it sucks because the people that were around me or that I was dating or my friends or family or whatever, they're just like, oh, we did. I could not have predicted this. <laughs> like I didn't see like enough signs. There's like a sign here or there, but I didn't know that you were taking it so seriously. And now all of a sudden you're gone or you've made this big choice. Um, and, and that's also like something that stops me from making the change because I'm just like, people are not going to understand why I'm making this change. So I'm going to try not to, uh, which only makes it like even worse in the long run. Yeah. Kind of like keeping it. Yeah. I, I am the exact opposite. Are you? Tell me oh about Oh my it. gosh. Yeah. I like to make, I feel like change has always been something that has been expected and so much there was so few times where there were roots Hmm. and 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 i felt grounded that Mm -hmm. i think i got really used to a lot of change and it's Hmm. almost like when there isn't change for a while i'm like what something must be wrong you Mm -hmm. know maybe i like create it and then once change happens i'm very almost to a fault good at not looking in the rear view mirror. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, I, mean, I have friends who are always like, how come you don't care about what your ex-boyfriends and all them are doing? I'm like, I, I don't know. I just never really. Like, do you think that's good? That. Like that serves you? Or do you think there's a part of you that should look in the rear view mirror more often? Or uh, maybe, I think maybe I've, I've, ch- I've, created change where I didn't necessarily need to, or I've, I just like get, uh, uh, antsy and I'm like, maybe I'll move, you know, I, mm-hmm. until this year, this is like the first year that I've stayed through an entire lease in like five years. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really good at convincing my landlord that they should let me break the lease or I help them get a new tenant in very easy. I'm a great tenant. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they, it's been no problem to to break that lease without any fines before. But this is, you know, huh. just I, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be better at at in, in, being comfortable with less change. I I there you know I was I was recently reading about different kinds of change that there are and how you can look at change in a few different ways. You know, there's the planned change, which is like, um, oh, I'm starting a new podcast and I, I'm going to, it's like intentional and mm-hmm. purposeful and it's usually like set around specific goals. And mm-hmm. this is like, oh, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to, you know, even mm-hmm. move to a different city. And then there's the unexpected change, which is like the unplanned, unforeseen, you know, I think this is often what has happened to me in my mm. life where, you know, I have plans to do something like two days before I was scheduled to move to Denver three years ago or whenever it was, I get a call from the emergency room and my mom's fallen out of a, right. like two stories off of the side of a building. Right. And I, so I'm like, okay, a little bit of unexpected change. And, and there's been so much of that in my life that... I don't know. It's made the planned changes a little easier, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know? Yeah. I I needed to get better at planned changes. Um, 
Yeah. The, it, it's the unplanned changes that and, – and there's also – there's kind of like little unplanned changes and big plan, – like unplanned – there's like big and small changes that are happening all the time. Right. And there's a real like safety and comfort in not changing, right? But that's also kind of boring when it comes down to And it. impossible. That too. Yes. Well, we're going to talk a lot about change, but I'll tell you something I'm never changing and that – is my obsession with rocket money because it has helped me just like everybody else save hundreds. And I am not kidding when I say hundreds of dollars a year in canceling my unwanted subscriptions, monitoring my finance. It is the go-to place for like helping get all that finance stuff in order. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spendings, helps you lower your bills. Uh, They also have over 5 million users, and they have helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. But I know that they've saved you even more than $720. So much. And every now and then I get a little alert because they're monitoring all of your spending. So they're like, hey, I've noticed that you've been paying this much for auto insurance. Would you like us to negotiate for a lower rate? And I'm like, yes, Rocket Money, I absolutely would like that. And I have used them two times to negotiate once on my uh, auto insurance and once on my phone bill. And I'm saving money right and left over here. Yeah. We love to see it. So we think that you should stop wasting money on things you do not use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Rocketmoney.com slash TCE. If you live your life thinking nothing is going to change, you will be so upset because <laughs> I got news for you. There are, I mean, think about like health. I, I feel like even just health changes, things that are out of your control, uh, natural disasters, like. Mm-hmm. And the knowing that like things are always going to change, like that's the one constant is change. Does that make it more. Do you like appreciate what you're experiencing in the moment or do you Mm. feel like a sense of like grief because like it's going to, you're not going to experience this for much longer? Like, does it make you scared or does it make you feel gratitude? You know, I think a little bit of both at different times. I think that's an important thing to to touch on and kind of to remind people that change of any kind, whether it's transition or like a developmental, transitional, unexpected plant, whatever it is, there is such a range of feelings that could come with it. And even if it's a, a change that we want, you know, I think like you said, we we have to grieve in some ways. Like I think back to getting a divorce and like making that decision to change that part of my life. There were parts of me that felt like a relief and felt excited about uh, a, a different kind of future that was more in line with what my goals and my wishes were. But then there was a big part of me that felt sad and felt like I didn't want this change and this change is really hard and uncomfortable. And there's there, it's never one feeling. You know, I, I mm. think we we have this, we've been like sold this idea that if we're feeling uncomfortable, it's wrong, or we should be feeling something different when mm-hmm. really even good things and change that is, is helpful and beneficial can come with uncomfortable and difficult feelings that we just have to ride out, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. There's, I think you're, you're totally right. 
and there's um sometimes when I'm struggling with change that I'm going through or experiencing, uh, there's like a nice little toxic, what some people might call toxic positivity, but like really works for me where I'm just sort of like, everything happens for a reason. (laughs) And I don't know why this change is happening. And I think it might be a bad change or an inconvenient change. And it seems like maybe there's nothing I can do about it now, but I will understand why this change is serving me like as time goes on. I might figure it out tomorrow or I might figure it out in 20 years. But this is probably serving something in a good way. And that's not always true. Change can happen and it could like have a horrible effect on you and it can be negative, but there's something like it's too scary to believe that. um, The good news is that your, your brain is so resilient and so good at making the best of any situation that it will in long-term be able to reflect and, and have that feeling of, Oh, this was all for the best. I am okay getting to that thought myself, but God help anybody else who tries to tell me this was meant to be or <laughs> it's not. Yeah, that's oh, not the thing to say. <laughs> right. No. That we can definitely put on the list of things to not tell other people when hey, you know, whatever everything happens for a reason, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll never never. Mm-hmm. The, one of the changes that I think now that I think about it, is the most difficult for me is the change of like the unexpected, unplanned, like uh, death or loss, like the kind of change that happens when somebody that you were were uh, like had around all the time isn't there anymore, and you have to readjust to a new normal that you didn't want. Or I think about this when I all the time with my dog. Like she's been, it'll almost be a year in a few months, and I still am like. That was change that I knew had to happen, but fuck, I cannot get, I cannot get over Mm -hmm. that change of not having an animal around. Yeah. And, and there's, that's the thing too, is that like, sometimes we never like quote unquote, get over the change. Yes. There's like, there's a lot of grief that comes that like, it's sort of like, Everything is grief because like if everything has changed, then everything is grief. Grief never ends. And that's like a very depressing thing sometimes to think about, you know, but is also very realistic. If you just kind of accept that, that change is, yeah, that it comes with that and you do have to experience the feelings that come with that. You know, I work with, I, I feel like in my therapist toolkit, the thing that just sits right on top is that Buddhist mindset of pain times resistance equals suffering, that mm. pain and change and and these things are uh, – grief is like a part of life and a part of the human experience. And the more we resist it, the more we create our own suffering. The suffering is is a choice. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't want this change. I don't want it to feel like this. I hate it. I always say like being stuck in traffic, like, you know, like, mm. oh, you know, you have two people, one who's resistant to the traffic. Oh, I wish I weren't here. I hate the traffic, blah, blah, blah. Another one who's like, oh, it's that 405 at 5 p.m. Time to put on a podcast. And mm-hmm. they're not resisting the pain and it's a more enjoyable drive. But that it doesn't say that that. It doesn't suck to sit in traffic or suck to experience the change. It's just kind of what we do with it. And that's, that's the, what I've tried. I try to remind myself of how, how am I resisting this? 
maybe instead of like the it happens for a reason, like how can I ride this wave rather than mm. try to like fight the current, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it you know it goes with the rhymey whatever you resist persists sort of oh, thing. That sounds right? really nice. Yeah, um, and and it's uh, it it under I understand why one might want to resist change, especially if it's something they're not choosing or if it feels really uncomfortable, like you're talking about. But like you're saying, Sarah, like sometimes you just have to kind of embrace the uncomfortable, painful, sad, griefy feeling in order to get through it. Uh, and it, it, it eventually kind of like come to a point sometimes where you have to make a decision. Like, are you going to keep resisting it and continue to feel upset or angry or frustrated? Or are you going to accept it, which might be really difficult, but at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you can actually like go through the feeling of pain instead of like resisting that feeling of pain. Yeah. And, you know, now that I hear you talk about it too, I think that there are, are tools and there are, uh, I don't know, like techniques that you can use in these moments. Like even thinking about you moving to a new place and that like resistance of like, oh, can I even leave? How do I even leave? And, you know, find the thing that works for you. You know, for me, it, music has always been very inspirational and um, helped me to um, like honor certain times and places. So I'm a big fan of making playlists for places and times. So maybe mm. you're saying goodbye, like maybe you're moving to a new city. Okay. Make a playlist for the, like where you mm-hmm. are leaving, like, a, mm-hmm. and make, maybe make a playlist for where you're moving to. You know, mm-hmm. I think those kind of things help with the transitions a little more and and help in letting go and embracing that change. Yeah, for sure. And with the music thing, there's sort of like, I'm really deliberate about that now. Whenever I go through a change and it's really difficult and I'm feeling a lot of grief, like when I went through my divorce like four or so years ago, that was a really difficult time to go through. And I very deliberately chose the songs I wanted to listen to most often while I was going through that grief, because I knew that those songs would be reminding me of the divorce grief for the rest of my life. And I wanted them to be good songs. (laughs) And I wanted them to like give me a very specific type of energy that felt more resilient. And what is the future going to look like? And I'm like really here with these feelings. Uh, So if you can be deliberate about the change that you're going through, embrace that things are going to look different, even if you don't know exactly what they're going to look like, then that's one of the strategies for embracing and adapting to it. Uh, It doesn't mean that you can't be nostalgic and think about like the quote unquote good old days of what happened. But to be so attached to the past so that you're not actually present for the future or present for the present or excited about the future then it's going to keep you stuck, most likely. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of change, you know what I think we really need to change? The Mm. amount of waste that we Mm. create as humans. I mean, it is ridiculous. And when you think about it, like we all use laundry detergent products and like go through those pretty frequently. The amount of plastic that we are contributing to those landfills is I can't even think about it. So I am so happy when a company comes along and says, we have an amazing product that cleans and does its job and everything that you want, but also 
is helping the environment and not adding to all that waste. This is the change I want to see in 2024. <laughs> not only that, though, Sarah, uh, EarthBreeze, uh, with, uh, EarthBreeze donates 10 loads of detergent to a charitable cause of your choice when you buy it. Uh, and that, and they've, that's over 100 million loads have been donated. So they're just like a really good, feel-good company. And a lot of times when you get like uh, eco-friendly product, I feel like it's just like you, you fear right. that it's not as going to be as like strong as right. like – You have to sacrifice – in yes. like the quality because of how you are, you know, helping the environment. Not here. No, that is that is not the case. Uh, and it's I also like this is just like a real personal thing that when I like pour the like bad for the earth laundry detergent yeah. and like I get it all over my hands, I have no idea how how much I should be pouring right. in there. Like it's very unclear. The chances are good just... you're probably using too much. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, so I feel like I'm getting like taken advantage of. They make it super easy. They just have these pre-measured sheets that you just put right in there. No goo. It works in hot washes, cold washes, all the stuff. And powerful, clean. That like, it's tough on stains, odors. We put it to the test with all of our ski stuff. It's best. Yeah, so trust us, there is no reason not to switch. Right now, our listeners can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash TCE to get started. That's earthbreeze.com. Dot com slash TCE for 40% off earthbreeze.com slash TCE. Yeah. And if you guys are looking to make changes, do it in ways that help the podcast and help the environment. You know, any, any kind of change can, it could be so helpful to create some sort. And I think this is what the music does and making those plays does is it creates a ritual around the change and rituals can be so powerful. It's like why, I mean, even New Year's, like setting uh, uh, goals and, and doing a resolution or counting down. Like we, we transition to a new year by doing a, a ritual that says something new is starting and something old is ending. And it gives that intention and, uh, um, I don't know, like mm-hmm. good energy behind it. And just I think also helps in, in saying goodbye to what was when you can create mm-hmm. a ritual. Have you ever done mm-hmm. anything like that or do you have any sort of like letting go rituals that you yeah, ever do or tell clients about? One of the um, hardest changes um, for me is typically moving from one place to another. Um, I get really attached to the place that I'm in. Even if it's a planned move and I'm going to a better place, there's just so much like emotional connection. It feels like a weird, intense, like spiritual thing for me to go through when I move from one place to another place. Because I get so grounded in a place and it feels so comforting. So what I do is I pack up all my stuff, I move it to a new place, and then I go back to my old place where there's no furniture and it's all empty, just like it was when I first moved in. And I say goodbye to each room. And I stand in that room and I think about all the things that happened in that room and all the special memories that I have. And I put it in my mind and I put it in my heart. And it's it's a very deliberate process. I'll even say goodbye to the bathrooms and the closets. Like it's yeah. there's just like something in each space that I need to remember and sort of ritualize. So 
I, I love really that. That's that. that is it's very like Marie Kondo. Have you seen her technique <laughs> sure. of like holding something and then like thanking it for yeah. it, sir? It it is these things. I I I feel like so much of of uh, you know sometimes people will buy into what we do as therapists and these tools and techniques, and then sometimes I have to be like, look, this is going to sound hippity dippity and cuckoo mm-hmm. crazy and don't believe me mm-hmm. but just try it i mm-hmm. don't know why it works it just does and sometimes selling people on doing things like this is so hard but even myself there are times where yeah. i've been like i don't need to do this i'm fine but there is a magic to being intentional and saying those things. And there's a difference between thinking about doing it and then thinking intentionally while you are doing it. Mm. It's like the same as like writing things out almost. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we think about, oh, this will be helpful to do. This will be helpful to do. And then when you actually do it, that's where the Mm -hmm. therapy magic is. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Comes comes in. And there's a... This, I'm going to sound uh, like a lot like a therapist, but I am a therapist, so whatever. Yes, but that is your job, yes. <laughs> that is my job. Uh, I, to a lot of clients, I say like, okay, so you're going through this change. What a growth opportunity for you. I am mm. so excited for you. And a lot of times I talk about this when there's like change in relationships. So whether it's like a relationship ending, a marriage ending, friendships changing or ending, family dynamics that are changing or ending, this is these are all growth opportunities. And hopefully you and the person that you're in relationship with will both engage in the growth opportunity. It's usually really tricky when only one is willing to grow and the other one is like, nope. And and I yeah. get it. The, the person who's in the relationship who's just like, no, we're not changing – um, you can feel like, well, this is like, you know, uh, false advertising. I didn't know that you were ever going to want to move to this city or change careers or get a new hobby or have a different relationship style. Like, that's not what you told me. And even though like you didn't present with like, I'm probably going to be making really big changes in my life. Uh, that's just sort of like, that's, that's there. That's always there. It's something that yeah. we can't escape, you know? Yeah. Because those things are, are. Uh, like if you think about who a person is, mm-hmm. there's the self and then there's like this, I don't know, maybe like other more external ring of of uh, other variables and factors of like, this is where I live. This is what I do for work. This is, um, mm-hmm. you know, but none of those things. You, you can move me and Eli to any city and you're still going to get people who want to camp on the weekends, you know? <laughs> right. So I think that you have to be kind of like willing to grow and change with a partner and be flexible, but it is really hard, if not sometimes impossible, if one person is completely unwilling to change. This is this I see in families, this I see in friendships and relationships where it, it can feel like, oh, I got to leave this person behind because I have to change in order to grow. And Mm -hmm. that can be hard to do when Mm -hmm. there's, you know, just yeah. I mean, 
the hope is that if you're in relationship, that you'll both change together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that is not a guarantee whatsoever. And it doesn't mean that if you change in different directions that you need to break up or the relationship is going to end, but there's going to be new acceptance that might have to happen. Maybe eventually you'll get back on the same path or journey or something. Um, but it's uh, it's a lot of times I'll ask my clients, are they in a relationship where they feel like they can continue to change and grow yeah. or have they grown out of the relationship and there's no room to actually do that? And that's a hard question to answer if you think about it too much. It's usually like an intuitive gut feeling of like, I can grow and that my, and my growth is like encouraged and supported in this yeah. relationship or like I feel stifled. And yeah. I might have to end things. Yeah, I feel like you're right. That is a very intuitive thing. It's like either I know that there's space for me to grow and that mm-hmm. any growth would be supported by my partner versus any growth would be seen as abandonment. Uh, yeah. Reject. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. There have definitely <laughs> been unhealthy relationships where then the, my desire for growth and change has been seen as a negative or mm-hmm. something that is like hurting the relationship when I can't imagine how one person bettering themselves wouldn't better the relationship. Sure. Cause you can like, I would hope that I'm with somebody, whether it's friends, family, or in a romantic relationship where they would encourage me to change. If I feel like it would make me better or grow or evolve as a person even if that means they get less of me because they just like want me to flourish. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be sad. And then and it also doesn't mean like I should be empathetic to their loss of time or connection that they maybe have been having. So there's like – but I still want them to encourage me to change. There's so many emotions that feel opposite. I'm not good at that second part. <laughs> Which part? What you just said about the care, caring about the other person and how oh, they being how they're being affected. I think yeah. that you hit the nail on the head. I, I have figured out where I am bad at change, oh, good. and Let's that hear is it. that is definitely it. It's the me, having this attitude of what I'm changing for the better. You should be happy for this, and not realizing how this change may affect. Hmm. another person even like breaking up with people and like i can remember when i broke up with the guy i was dating when i was on the real world and i was like very excited about this like new independent life that i was like i thought i was gonna marry this guy and i thought and and now i was like going on the challenge and and traveling all over the world and doing all these fun things and i was so excited and i did not consider how it may feel for him to mm-hmm. see me so mm-hmm. like peace out like bye <laughs> right. I'm going to go start my fun life now and that was messed up in me mm. i mean i, I get it cuz like you i i've been i've also been in relationships right where, where i'm saying like you're not letting my light shine bright you know you're you're dimming me because you don't want me to change or evolve and yes, that could maybe maybe that was happening, but they're like trying to keep me where they wanted me because they loved me so much, or they were f- afraid of abandonment, or they thought that I'd forget them, or or something, you know. And yeah. and so it's hard to like be empathetic to their experience when it's stifling my experience, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, it's tough stuff. 
We're talking about change today, and change is really hard. And one of the things that changes as we age and with what we go through in life is our hair. I notice anytime I'm stressed out, all of that comes out in my hair with my hair coming out and shedding. So (laughs) I got to do every single thing that I can to hold on to what I got and keep this lovely mane as healthy as I can. And Nutrafol is what I use. It is like a daily vitamin that I take and is the number one dermatologist recommended hair, hair growth supplement. I'm using it. So many of my friends are using it. Yeah. I mean, I use, I use it too. It's just sort of like a good base thing to do. It's uh, yeah. And it hits like it's the, you know, the causes of like hair thinning are different for everybody. So, uh, and you can just sort of like pop the pill, take it every morning and I, and and don't even think about it. It's, it's nice because it's sort of like over time I start to like slowly see my hair thickening and I sort of like fighting off the, you know, I come from a Jewish family where uh, all of the men have lost their hair, but I have not yet. And I give the credit to Nutrafol. Yeah. So many people experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding and you guys can too. Yeah. So we think that you should take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code CHANGES. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code CHANGES. That's Nutrafol.com. Promo code changes. There's also the role of compromising. So sometimes if you're in a relationship, uh, even more specifically a romantic relationship, um, like we're saying, it's natural that you're going to want to change. You might want to be changing in different directions. However, if you change too much and too fast, it could like you could feel very disconnected from the relationship or just won't keep the relationship together. So you might have to find a compromise if you really value that relationship and want to stay connected. Uh, And that means that like you might want to be making a big change, but you can only make half the change uh, because it would like make it so that the relationship wouldn't last anymore. And then it's tricky because then you might end up resenting the relationship or your partner. There's the resentment is the hard piece. Yes. The... And then I, I feel like some people hold on to the feeling of I've I've made this compromise or sacrifice as this other person has, you know, gone through the change that they needed, and when's it my turn? Or mm-hmm. I'm like waiting for for the opportunity where, okay, mm-hmm. well I get to cash it in now because mm-hmm. you got to change before and. And that's the whole, like, we want a really balanced relationship and that feels like it would balance the relationship, right? Like you got to do this big change. Now I get to do this big change and you have to compromise for it. You have to be the one that's going to stay home more often while I'm going to school because I stayed home more often while you were getting your medical degree or what, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's these compromises and you want to keep everything balanced, but there's sort of like the myth of like a 50, 50 relationship. That's not actually a thing. Um, um, it shouldn't be 90-10 or 75-25 probably. Uh, hopefully it's close-ish to 50-50. But you might not ever feel like it's totally completely balanced. And so that's when we go back to the feeling or the experience of like trying to accept 
that a change has been made and we're moving forward and we're not going to try to like cash in all our chips that we feel like we've sacrificed. Although maybe you feel like you want to do that. I don't know. Like it's, it depends on the kind of relationship you're in. Yeah. And kind of what kind of change you've signed that, like you said, there are different kinds of that really big change, whether it's intentional or unplanned, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a partner loses their job, I mean, what kind of jerk would I be if I'm like, what, you don't have a job now? I'm right. out. That's the change, right. you know. We're gonna. Yeah. But if he wants to like move to another country where I'm not licensed, we might have a problem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's you know you need to like ask yourself the question: Are you not wanting your partner to change for selfish reasons? Like, yeah. are you wanting to keep them contained because it serves you and your life or the access that you get? And you know that they would actually flourish or be more authentic if they actually did make changes, but that would mean a sacrifice to like time spent with them or a different vibe in the relationship. Um, so that's a, I, I think that like a lot of times we don't want people to change for our own very selfish reasons. Absolutely. Or like somehow their change is a reflection on you or, or tells you that you should be changing in some way yourself. Like that is one that I had to work on, uh, uh, not in this relationship, but in few back is when I have a partner who wants to make lifestyle changes, like eating differently or starting new, uh, like health or fitness routine. I often felt obligated to create change for myself mm. as well. Like, mm-hmm. well, they're, ch- mm. I, I, maybe they're going to think that I'm not good enough if I'm not doing this, that, and the other. And it took me a while to, to, convince myself that just because I have a part, like I can be supportive without joining in or feeling like I need to be part of that change myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that one is, that one's a tough one. That is a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tricky. I I just feel like maybe I'm not doing enough. I, I saw recently one of these like, um, you know, you, you may have been raised in a narcissistic family or you may have been right. raised in a, you know, whatever family. And there was some connection between feeling that need, like when somebody else is cleaning or doing something like, oh, you have to get up and, and do it to her. It, like you're not doing enough mm-hmm. if somebody else is doing something. So try to be yeah. more aware of, of how somebody else's actions or, or change doesn't have anything to do with me. It doesn't, but also you're naturally comparing yourself to them and maybe you're feeling a little jealous or envious or insecure, like they're making these big changes and you're not in your change phase right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're going to force a change that isn't actually like naturally supposed to happen quite yet. And then I'll just end up resentful for doing that. So yeah, we have to like that. uh, One of the things I'm, I'm surprised we, I didn't mention earlier, but you know, we can often look at change and think of it as this like on or off switch of like, I either want to change and am changing or I don't want to change and I'm not changing when really there are steps to it. And it's like a cycle of change really. And there are different levels of this. There's like the, what do they call pre-contemplation when we haven't even thought about the change yet, but maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm aware that I would like something different, but I'm not sure what to do. Then there's the, I'm contemplating change. I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll move. I don't know. Should I, is this a good idea? And then there's, you know, the the actually taking the action 
And, you know, there are, there are steps involved in, in this change mm-hmm. process. And it's okay if those steps, you know, take a little while. Yeah. I spend a long time in pre-contemplation stage <laughs> yeah. um, where I'm really thinking about all the different ways um, subconsciously usually. And then contemplation also takes a long time, but then action is just like, we're fucking doing it. I don't yeah. want to like, we're, we're going for it here. Yeah. Um, but we can all get stuck in all of those phases. Um, yeah. I heard people times. are usually better at one of one of, of the, like, you're either good at the planning, good at the mm. taking action or good at the, um, like recovering from change and adjusting uh, to, yeah. Which one are you the best at? Uh, responding to change. Okay. I'm best yeah. at taking action, just yeah. doing it. Yeah. That, I'm more Eventually. of the unplanned, unexpected, like forced change is how a lot of like, oh, mm-hmm. here we go. Oh, well, look where we found ourselves, like mm-hmm. roll with punches. And so like adjusting after the change is the part that I feel more comfortable in. And and I think getting an understanding of of where you are with that and what things or what, which of those you tend to be better at can help to plan for the other two and maybe put some attention or energy towards the planning or the action, mm-hmm. for, at least for me. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The, the thing that like, there's some fears, you know, and resistance that come up when we're going through change. And one of the things that uh, feels really, um, annoying is that our psyche doesn't like to change. Like our psyche is always looking for consistency, predictability that feels safe and secure. We want everything to be the same. Our psyche wants everything to be the same every day. Is that boring? Yes, but it feels really secure and safe. And so when something changes, whether it's planned or unexpected, our psyche is like trying its hardest to go back to what it used to be, whether it was a relationship or school or friend group or a city or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, It's always wanting to go back to what the thing was that like felt comforting, even if it didn't serve us anymore, even if it was an abusive relationship, there's a big part of our psyche that wants to go back because at least it's predictable and it's something that we know, even if it's unhealthy. So that's annoying. And I hate the that worst part of is our that psyche. the certainty yeah. of misery is more comfortable than the misery of uncertainty, right. and that is yeah. so hard. Yeah, it does. We do have this that uh, we have to be aware of how we are forming a new, in a way, habit when we create change, and that might take time. And there may be, you know, the brain only knows what it knows, so it does tend to look back in. What was familiar? What was comfortable? What do I know? And mm-hmm. yeah, and like you're yeah. saying, it's it, it's going to take a little while for the brain to create new neural pathways yes. that are going to feel comfy and cozy to you, and eventually you'll be sad about leaving in the future. Like there's, and it's the weird, like in between stage that can be yeah. so uncomfortable. You know, you're changing from one thing to the next, and you don't know exactly what the next thing is going to be, and you're in limbo. Yeah. And there's no thing that makes you feel grounded. Uh, that can be really overwhelming for folks. So yeah, like we've and, said and, before, it's about embracing it. Yeah. And what I hear you say in that is that your mind is switching from being in the past to the future, past, future. What's going to mm-hmm. happen in the future? Oh, man, I wish it were how it was in the past. And we know that past is depression and future mind is anxiety. So it's definitely 
going to be hard to feel calm or grounded in those moments if your mind is there. So, you know, I always like, uh, you know, sometimes when I read self-help books, I find that they just deliver all the information. And then at the end, they're like, all right, have fun out there. And you're like, "Ah, but what about real tools? So, you know, I think one of the things that, that it, you know, if you're listening and going through change yourself, or, you know, since we talked about how change is inevitable and part of the human process, uh, keeping your mind in the present and recognizing the ways that you are safe and calm and like telling that mind by checking in on your senses and your surroundings and your environment, look at how this may be new, but I'm safe here. I have the things I need. This is where I want to be or, you know, where I'm deciding to be in this moment and kind of making yourself a little more present can help with that change. Yeah. And you can do hard things. You've gotten through hard stuff before. You're going to get through this. You'll be even more resilient as you move through it, most likely. Um, There's a whole bunch of really great stuff waiting for you on the other side, even if you can't visualize it or you don't know what it is. Uh, Also, lean into your community. Get support. Talk to friends, therapists, family, partners, whatever. Like you, A lot of times we feel like we have to go through change on our own and it can become like a really isolating experience. Sometimes it needs to be an isolating experience. You're doing it without anybody or any help or support. But oftentimes there's so many other people that could, or at least people that have gone through what you've gone through. You can even find them on fucking Reddit threads, whatever. Yes. It doesn't matter. Like people are out there. Support groups want to talk to you about it. There is a support group for so much and any time that i you know i've heard people connecting to those groups i hear nothing but positive things about like feeling oh my gosh there's somebody else who went through the same mm-hmm. thing and they just told me a, like this one little thing that was really helpful and sometimes mm-hmm. that's all it takes to just feel like you're not alone in change whether it's unexpected planned or you know right anything else exactly yes so we're, yeah, like we said, we're going through a change here. I can't wait to see where TCE goes and I'll listen every week to uh, This Changes Everything. Um, were there any This Changes Everything podcasts that we did together that kind of stick out for you that Ooh. were your favorites? Yeah, what a good question. Let's see. I think some of my favorites were on... Uh, I mean, I really do love the relationship stuff. Like I loved having Eli on here. I loved, <laughs> you know, so getting cute. to, uh, you know, kind of share the things that we've gone through together in having different attachment styles. I think talking about attachment styles with your partner really openly has been something that has really, really, really helped our relationship and, yeah, so I think t- I think taking a lot of the uh, things that we talk about here and then applying them mm-hmm. to my own relationship mm-hmm. has been really helpful. And this is all I think in the very, very, very beginning we talked about boundaries with family, and that has been so helpful for me. So I think boundary setting at mm-hmm. those episodes, and then um, 
Yeah, and you know I love a sex episode, too. I know. You're always so good with a sexy episode. I know. And we've got a lot more of those fun ones with some kink experts coming up and things like that. So I can't wait to hear. Yes. Uh, Yeah, the sexy episodes were some of my favorites. And also uh, the first, or I think it was like the second episode, maybe, because when we started, I was like going through a breakup, and I think we were talking about grief. And it was like a very emotional time and you were so good and sweet and held such good space for me during those times. So those like those first few episodes will always be in my heart. Yeah, we were, man, big, big, like, uh, got to go through a lot of like life changes and different Mm -hmm. events on here and moves and books Mm -hmm. and all this fun stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah, well, cheers to 2024 being a year of embracing change and, uh, for me, a lot of stretching. <laughs> yeah. And maybe maybe I'll do stretching every now and then as well. All, All right. right. Sarah. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.